the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Michael Goodwin is the man. He's one of the brightest of people uh, we know, and I'm very proud to have him on the show, Chief Political Columnist for the New York Post. Uh, Michael, welcome back to the show, man. I've been watching you with Lou Dobbs. I'm watching you all over TV. You're just crushing it, my friend, and we always appreciate you taking the time to come on the Piscopo Show, Michael. Uh, thank you, Joe. Always a pleasure. So your take of the RNC so far, I mean, we're, we're looking for an oasis out of all the bad news that's out there, Michael Goodwin, and we're watching, like, the Republican convention. <laughs> well, it is uh, the greatest reality show on earth. Uh, the first two nights, <laughs> I, I think, have been uh, well-scripted, well-planned, and executed near-flawlessly. Um, you know, com- it's a complicated thing to do half of this virtually or even maybe 60, 70 percent of it, you know, with virtual taped statements and speakers and the rest of it live. Uh, you've got the president using the White House uh, as a backdrop, as a setting, the, the power of incumbency on, on stage. Uh, you've got the first lady in the Rose Garden. Uh, so I, I think that, uh, as I say in the column today, Joe, every good convention has to tell a good story. And the story of the incumbent president is, is one that the, uh, the convention planners and the reelection team have set out to tell in, in, of course, the most favorable light. And so even the president's uh, sometimes difficult personality uh, is kind of smoothed and rounded and explained as, you know, rough around the edges, uh, that, that, you know, you know he's a fighter, you, you know he will, he will work tirelessly. So everything is presented in a way uh, to give you a favorable impression, to counter a lot of the negatives about the president that are out there that the pollsters are picking up. And you're also, I think, hearing about things that the president felt did not get enough attention, such as this Second Choice Act, which really is is a great piece of criminal justice reform to let people out of prison who have been rehabilitated to take on some of these onerous sentencing laws. Uh, and, And, of course, it involves in many cases, uh, black former inmates. And last night we saw a, a really heart, heartwarming story about a man named John Ponder, who yeah. actually became friends with the FBI agent who arrested him for bank robbery. And uh, their story that Ponder uh, found God in prison and set about trying to help others, other inmates return to life once they were released, not just get them released early, but, 
but help them once they were released to return to, to civilization, to, to not become a recidivist. And his story w was actually inspiring. And to top it off, uh, the president <laughs> pardoned him you know, as as yeah. part of the as part of the convention, <laughs> and and so it was. And Ponder, you could see him fighting back tears, and so this yeah. was That's this great. was a reality show, Donald Trump style. Hmm. You know, and it's great to see Donald Trump in this light. And I've always said that that's the way I prefer to see President Trump and then Melania coming out. And and then they showed a glowing Donald Trump looking at his wife. It was just beautiful. And then he walks back with Melania after the speech, Michael. He did, I thought he was going to say something. I said, no, you don't need to, Mr. President. You don't need to say anything. He walked back showing ultimate respect to her. Beautiful moments, man. Is this, the, is this what we're going to see from the new Donald Trump, do you think, Michael? <laughs> well, we're going to see it for at least two more nights. Uh, I don't know uh, how long it will last, but, but I think it is yeah. uh, something of, a, of an acceptance by the president of the need to change some of his conduct and therefore some of his image. Uh, I mean, the polls have been pretty brutal uh, in, in many respects, uh, not even just vis-a-vis -vis Joe Biden, but you can see it by the way the Democrats tried to present Biden. You can see the, the Trump weakness that they are trying to exploit. And it was this empathy that, that Biden is em empathic by nature, that he cares about people and their suffering. I mean, as I, as I wrote the other day, it's like they draped him in sackcloth. Uh, but th that was the Biden that Democrats wanted to present to the public as a counter to the Trump that that many Americans see as, you know, rough, erratic, unpredictable, nasty, uh, always fighting, you know, never, never a, a graciousness, uh, too much, uh, too much self too much of himself front and center. And so you're seeing the Republicans counter that in their own way, which is primarily to have other people talk about the president and for him to appear uh, nightly, but in more intimate settings. Uh, I, I, something like there were 13, there were two segments Monday night involving 13 people with him, six and seven, groups of six and seven, uh, yeah. And then last night, the, the Ponder incident and um, uh, another one uh, involving just a handful of people. And so you get uh, the, these were the five new citizens that he helped uh, with the ceremony. He appeared. It was held in the White House to the naturalization ceremony. And so beautiful. The, the, yeah, it really was. And, and the upshot of this is you see the president being generous and warm and, and uh, you know, being very kind to individuals. So all of this is about programming. All of this is about presenting the, the person that the team thinks is the person who will get four more years. That Donald Trump uh, is your president, and he deserves four more, four more years. That's the story they're trying to tell, and yeah. I, think I think they're doing it very well. I think you're right. Michael, love having you on the show. Well-spoken, as always. Really appreciate it, Michael. Uh, let's talk soon, and all the very best, my friend. My pleasure, Joe. Thank you. You're the man, Michael. Thank you so much. Michael Goodman, chief political columnist for the New York Post. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. 
Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Michael Medved at michaelmedved.com. The selection of Senator Kamala Harris as Joe Biden's running mate has produced irrelevant arguments about whether she qualifies as African-American since both her parents were born abroad. But her history-making vice presidential candidacy does raise an uncomfortable question for advocates of identity politics. On what basis could Senator Harris possibly qualify for the slavery reparations she says she supports? Her parents immigrated from Jamaica and India. Now, none of her ancestors were ever enslaved in the United States. In fact, the Harris example exposes the lack of logic behind all reparations proposals. Prominent black politicians, including Harris, Cory Booker and Barack Obama, were all born to highly educated, hardworking, successful parents. And the idea of government payouts to products of privilege of any race is obviously ludicrous and unjust. I'm Michael Medved. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy.